0: As Jeff said, our first reading is from Isaiah, the 7th chapter, and if you'd like to follow along, it's printed in the middle of your bulletin insert. In preparation to hear these words, let us turn our hearts in prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks for these ancient words and these ancient people's imagination. And ask that you would enliven us this morning, that we would hear a word from you this day. Amen. Again, God spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore God will give you a sign. Behold, a young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
1: As we've been making our way <coughs> through this Advent season, Our focus has been this amazing quilt made by a friend of mine, Margot Fuselier, inviting us to consider light and how it gets into the darkness, how it gets into the world, how it gets into the lives of those we love as well as the lives of those we don't love, how it gets into us. Advent, how the light gets in, has been our theme, our focus this season. So how does the light get in? For Rumi, the 13th century Persian Sunni Muslim poet, light gets in through a wound. For Ernest Hemingway, the Nobel Prize American novelist, light gets in from that which is broken. For the recently deceased Leonard Cohen, the Canadian-born singer, songwriter, musician, poet, novelist, and painter, it is a crack. This is how the light gets in. Bottom line, light, like God, gets in in any and every way that is imagined and even more so unimagined. Advent is all about the light of God getting into the world in ways that confront, confound, and comfort us. Our ancestors, the ancient Celts or Celts, Referred to the light of the holy being present in places that they called thin. Thin places are those membranes, those layers between heaven and earth, where the space is paper thin, the gradation, the nuance is so, so slight, it's virtually incomprehensible. Thin places are the boundary between the planet and the cosmos, Where the space is so thin, it's almost transparent. Where the border between time and eternity seem to be as narrow as a razor's edge. This is where light enters. This is how God manifests God's self. In our text this morning, we're going to read about Joseph. know very little about this man, except he was husband to Mary and the adoptive father of Jesus. Light got into Joseph through a dream, one that changed his life and one that changed ours as well. So listen to these words from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph before they lived together, She was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man, was unwilling to expose her to public disgrace and planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill, as we heard in our earlier reading from from Isaiah, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet Ahaz. Look, the virgin or young woman shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named named him Jesus. Now, Joseph, by trade, was a carpenter. And Matthew says, a righteous man. It's not a very helpful translation. I think just man is a better English translation, but what the Greek means by righteous or just is that he was sensitive and kind. He was probably simple. He had a skill, a craft. He was uncomplicated, but his life didn't stay that way, for sure. He was betrothed, as we heard, to a young woman named Mary. This pre-arranged, Mary was established, this pre-arranged marriage was established when Mary and Joseph were very, very young, and such was the custom of their day as is still the custom in some countries and communities in the Middle East. At the right age, probably about 12, 13, 14, the couple's betrothal began. Now, a betrothal was a year-long affair, if you will. There's really no counterpart in our culture. Engagement comes the closest, but not really. For when the two were betrothed, they were considered, in the eyes of the community, married. And they were referred to as husband and wife, even though the marriage had not been consummated and they still lived with their parents. Now, this language, husband and wife, is really difficult for us in the West because we don't use those words at all unless a couple is married in the full sense of what that means. But that was not true in Jesus' day. So this is the backdrop, if if you will, for the drama that unfolded in Joseph's life. Joseph had been waiting expectantly for the day of his marriage to marry. He had that sense of anticipation and excitement that everyone feels before they make a commitment to their partner. Does this sound like Advent or what? It's into this Advent posture of expectant waiting that Joseph learns that the woman who was his wife was with child and it wasn't his. Now, according to Mosaic laws recorded in Deuteronomy 22:22, when a woman was betrothed and was found to be with child, i.e. pregnant, she was to be stoned to death in the public square. I can guarantee you, Joseph was experiencing anything but light. He was caught, a catch-22. This kind, sensitive man knew the law, but he was filled with love. He was hurt, but he felt consolation. He had the right to be righteous in the negative way that word is used, but he had compassion for the one he loved and called his wife. So what does he do? What would you do? What have you done? When a loved one has hurt you? When you learn information that scars you to your soul? When you experience a betrayal? When you hear people talking about you behind your back and they don't know you're there? Do you react out of anger? Or do you respond out of kindness? Joseph was between a rock and a hard place. He had a dilemma. We've all been in those kind of situations as well. What is the right response? Such ethical questions we always take to our bed with us. Remember, Just remember the last time that you had a fitful and restless night, tossing and turning over and over in your mind something that you heard and had to respond to, asking yourself, what do I do? What do I say? What's the right action? Often this angst becomes the very stuff of our dreams and the focus of our prayers. Both were true for Joseph and for Mary. Mary's, as we heard last week, had similar, similar fears and confusions when she learned that her life was taking a direction that she had not planned or intended. And just as with Mary, God chose to tell Joseph what was up by an encounter with an angel. Mary's was face to face. Joseph's was in a dream. Dreams. This is another way that light gets in. Joseph had an agonizing decision to make, for into his dream, his prayer, for dreams can be prayers. A messenger, that's what angels are, gave him direction. Do not be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You know, it isn't the encounter or the message nor the insight through the dream that really strikes me is how Joseph responded. In a sense, Joseph Joseph was invited to join the miracle of this promised birth, this age-old dream held by Joseph and all the Hebrew ancestors waiting for Messiah. But I can guarantee you, and I know for sure, I'm pretty sure, that Joseph wasn't expecting Messiah to come through the birth. Of an unwanted child for his wife. We only have three verses, but I'm moved by Joseph's response. He didn't wake up and say from the dream, oh goody, now I know what to do. And we don't do that either. When we struggle with some internal question or relationship, we don't wake up thinking, oh yay, but there may be some resolution because we know the answer. Joseph listened to his dream. He honored it and acted on it. Would we? Do you? Do I when we receive insight through the night? How have you responded when you perceived an answer to a prayer or a sense of direction and discernment which was opposite of what you were expecting or wanted. What did you do? Joseph was human like you and me. The whole story of the birth narrative, which we call the Christmas story, is descriptive of how we human beings respond to the invitation of God. And such is the essence of our life together on this planet. So Joseph, after how long, we don't know, gave over his doubt, his hurt, his confusion, and I would add his pride to the power of trust. Joseph had the faith to trust even though he may not have believed. Have you been able to do that? Had the faith to trust even though you may not believe? Joseph's heart still questioned, but his soul gave his mind direction. He was asked to believe the unbelievable until the unbelievable undeniably became real. Let me say that again. He was asked to believe the unbelievable until the unbelievable undeniably became real. This is how God, this is how light gets in. Think if he hadn't, would we be here today? Would the history of the world unfolded the way it has? We can only guess. But all throughout Scripture, and peppered particularly through the birth narrative, we meet those who trusted, even though they may not have believed living into those words that would later be written in Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Mary trusted that the child was holy. Hail, O favored one, the messenger, the angel, said. God is with you. Elizabeth trusted when she conceived Jesus' cousin when she should have remained barren. The wise men trusted the leadings of the star. Zechariah, albeit not at first, trusted that John the Baptist would be the forerunner of the Messiah. The shepherds trusted they went with haste to find this thing that the angels had made known to them. Trusting is a response to God. Fear is a reaction. The Reverend Ben Weir, who died in October, was a Presbyterian clergy person. He was an educator, an ordinary guy, who at one time taught alongside our dear Howard Rice. But Ben trusted God was with him when, in 1985, he was held hostage in Lebanon for over a year. Former President and First Lady Roslyn and Jimmy Carter trust that people deserve to live in homes, so they work tirelessly on behalf of Habitat for Humanity. Project Open Hand, created in the height of the AIDS crisis in our city, trusted that people would step forward and volunteer to deliver meals, eventually 365 days a year to persons living with AIDS. People did, and we did here at 7th Avenue, for seven years. We were a distribution site delivering food seven days a week for seven years. Project Open Hand has now expanded the aperture of their mission, continuing to serve people with AIDS, as well as the elderly and homebound and others who need food. Trusting. God offers us invitations all the time to trust, to take part, if you will, in the miracle that we call the story of faith and finding our place within it, The key to trust is knowing. Knowing that there is a place deep within, a core place within each of us, even in those times we don't believe it, feel it, trust it. That there is a place deeper within us that is bigger than any fear we can imagine. And this is the crack, the wound, the brokenness, the place where God, my friends, gets in. So be it.